Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Like the villain in a scary movie, Lalmetz comes back for one last cackle. We thought we were done with all this kind of stuff. But Robinson Cano tests positive for steroids, his second time being suspended under the joint drug agreement. That means Robinson Cano will be suspended for the entirety of the 2021 season, and he won't be paid the $20 million plus that he is owed for the entirety of that season as well. Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton. And Tim, this is really a bad thing when you look at the fortunes of the 21 Mets. Yeah, you know, you think if the Mets had been offered the chance, you know, what, what's it, the old uh, Allen Houston provision in the NBA where you get to, like, just not have to pay a guy? Uh, you can release him and not have to pay him? Like, this is the guy you would have done that with if you were the Mets. He was the most dispensable player on their everyday in their everyday lineup, even though he was one of their best hitters last season. He was third on the team in OPS uh, and had a really nice year. This might be an explanation for why he was a little bit better in 2020 than in 2019, but you have replacements on the roster already. Uh, for Cano in Jeff McNeil, in Andres Jimenez. Uh, you know, that, that might mean more time for guys like Ahmed Rosario and J.D. Davis. You even have Luis Guillorme, who was pretty good last year uh, when he did play. Uh, and now you have extra money to invest either in a replacement for Cano, short or long term, depending on how you feel about him beyond 2021, uh, or on the other holes on your roster, whether it is the starting pitching staff, catcher, center field. Having Cano out of the picture for at least the 2021 season, I think kind of simplifies what the Mets, you know, it simplifies the picture for the Mets of where they can get better. And it provides a, a few more options for them, uh, at least financially. Yeah, and I, I want to get into those options, but I, I do feel like we have to pause. I know every Mets fan just wants full steam ahead, moving forward, nothing about the past. But you have to acknowledge this was Brody Van Wagenen's big move. And uh, to acquire Robinson Cano, who he represented. And remember at that press conference, I, I, I remember Brody you know, defending Robinson Cano and, and seeming to hint that there was more to the story of his previous positive test. And again, you, you look back at that deal, it's been criticized from all corners on this podcast many times, but this was the part of it that Brody Van Wagenen should have had that inside info. And yet here we are, two years later and Cano is testing positive once again yeah you know I looked back at the the transcript from that day in December of 2018 uh, and you have Van Wagenen saying uh, something along the lines of you know we're betting on the player here we you know building that player first culture and then as an aside saying you know and, and having been privy to the suspension as his agent you know he, he knew that there were extenuating circumstances there he pointed out that that Cano had tested positive for a diuretic in 2018 so something that might have masked the steroid use but wasn't the steroid itself it's a different situation now uh, and so clearly that sentiment has not aged well uh, and Cano himself has not aged well as, a, as an acquisition uh, since that time 
And Brody Van Wagenen, of course, out. So, look, it's full steam ahead. And if you, like we talked about, you want to put the positivity lens on all this, there's more money to spend for Steve Cohen and company as if they needed that being one of the few teams, it seems, that is willing to add payroll over the course of this offseason. So, you look at second base. Look, Jeff McNeil can play that position. You mentioned some of the different options they'll have there. It really shouldn't be an issue filling that in. But now you have... You can go and get a third baseman. Uh, you can use that money in different ways. You know, does this put someone like Nolan Arenado on the table? A, a Chris Bryant become a more realistic fit for this Mets team? It, it makes third base a more uh, realistic look at an upgrade. You know, prior to the Cano suspension, you would have said you can upgrade either center field or third base because if you you know if you brought in Nolan Arenado, uh, where were you going to play Jeff McNeil previously? You're probably sticking with him in left and Nimmo in center. Uh, now you know you can you can move Nimmo over to left. You can get a, a, a center fielder and you can get a third baseman uh, because you know we know JD Davis is there. Uh, he's not a great defensive fit. I re- I like Davis a lot more as your tenth everyday player kind of the guy who who fits in uh when you need an extra bat or comes off the bench um so bryant is a guy who look he makes he's going to be in arbitration he's going to get 18 19 20 million dollars in arbitration that's a pretty good one year replacement for uh cano's money uh arenado is it's a complicated issue with how much he's owed and the opt-out uh, it's not an easy transaction to make but it's one that's more realistic today than it was uh this morning um and, and you know, one of the things that, that's difficult to figure out at this point, you know, like DJ LeMayhew is the free agent who would make the most sense on the infield. And Mets fans, I think, salivate at the idea of winning a bidding war with the Yankees for the guy who just finished as a finalist for the MVP for them. Um, but do the Mets want a long-term solution on the infield? Do they view Cano as he is no longer part of our, our plans in 2022 and 2023? He's going to be 39 for the 2022 season. Uh, you're, he's still owed $40.5 million. Is that officially a sunk cost in their mind? So let's get, you know, let's let's plan as if he's not part of the, the organization moving forward and let's get long-term replacement, uh, a long-term replacement for him, in which case signing LeMahieu makes a bit more sense than it would if you're thinking Robinson Cano is going to be your second baseman again in 2022. You know, it's easy to say just, yeah, $40 million plus down the drain, get rid of the guy. But realistically, you might as well bring him to spring training, I I guess, next year and just kind of see where he fits in. But I, I also think about it and say, well, look, Robinson Cano has a Hall of Fame resume even if he is not ticketed to Cooperstown with these suspensions now but is he someone that's going to be willing to try to earn his spot at 39 years old and potentially be a bench player for this team we already kind of went through this a little bit in 2020 with him being dropped down in the order yeah and you know it's it's this weird contradiction because there is the idea of Cano as as you know, they had to bat him third in through a lot of 2019. They weren't willing to drop him in the order. And there was that that worry coming into 2020 that Luis Rojas wouldn't be able to drop him in the order and wouldn't be able to take him out of the lineup if he didn't produce. Uh, but Cano's also a guy who a lot of players look up to. A lot of players who have played with him have talked about how meaningful and influential he has been on their careers, whether it's, you know, a guy like Guillermo Heredia, who was back with the Mets this year and said it was so exciting to be on Robinson Cano's team again. 
Uh, guys like Gene Segura and Cattell Marte have talked about the impact that Cano had on them when they were younger players and, and how valuable it was. So there is that aspect of him that and we don't explore a whole lot. I wrote about it a little bit in September uh, that, that he can be helpful to younger players. But this is also part of that picture is now that he's tested posit- tested positive for PEDs twice. Uh, and that's not necessarily the influence you want to have on a younger group of players. Yeah, Is it fair to worry that there could be I don't know, uh, other young Mets players that look up to Cano that now you have to wonder about to some degree? I mean, I think there are other young Mets players who look up to him. I don't know that that means that uh, they're on the same chemical regimen necessarily. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I wouldn't go that far at, at this point. You know, another name that, that's popped up when we're, we're talking about infield options for the Mets, but uh, Marcelo Zuna's name popped up in the New York Post is someone that the Mets have interest in and he was someone that we were kind of quick to dismiss as well he doesn't fit because he's a corner guy defensively what does he do uh the one thing that ozuna does bring is he's a right-handed bat so it balances out the lineup a little bit more and, and i would think it would be an indication that there would be a, another move that would follow if the mets were to jump in on ozuna I think Ozuna is he is the the second move in a, a series of moves if they sign him, uh, and that would be you know a, a trade in which you're losing someone like like Brandon Nimmo or Dominic Smith or Pete Alonso because just just adding Ozuna to this positional mix uh, is kind of the the same issue that the Mets had in the middle of. of the decade for a while in the, their outfield where they had like five corner outfielders and no one capable of playing center field. Uh, you know, Ozuna at this point is probably more DH than even a left fielder. Uh, he's been a, a pretty significant negative uh, defensively for a few years now, even though he won the gold glove back in Miami. And while, you know, I, I understand the right-handed bat, that that's, that that's a nice fit for their lineup, but it's not like there aren't other right-handed bats who fit better overall. You know, George Springer, Bats right-handed. JT Romuto, bats right-handed. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, bats right-handed. All of those guys uh, have kind of similar fits uh, offensively, even if they're not off of the 2020 season that Ozuna has. You look at the, the larger track record, I'd probably rather have those other guys offensively, uh, let alone defensively. Is this a, a Sandy type? Then <laughs> if you start going back, like even though, okay, he's got more money to spend, there is a certain kind of player that maybe Sandy Alderson is drawn to. It, it tends to be corner guys that hit home runs and don't necessarily play a lot of defense. Yeah, it'll, that is one of the interesting things to look for in, in Alderson's second uh, tenure here is whether he changes course from where he was in the first one. Now, the Mets had a much more strikeout-oriented pitching staff, especially compared to the league as a whole in like 2015 and 2016 when the Mets were bringing in Cespedes and Jay Bruce and they had Conforto coming up and Curtis Granderson as part of that mix. Uh, so they they could afford to sacrifice a little defensively because of that. Uh, now their their pitching staff is not quite as strikeout-oriented compared to the rest of the league. They just brought back a ground ball pitcher in Marcus Stroman. Uh, so you would think they would want to upgrade their defense. Alderson talked about upgrading the defense, took a little bit of a blame for it last week. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if he, he puts his money where his mouth is in regards to that moving forward. Now, let me put on my Pete Nestoria hat and, uh, and call into the radio here. Uh, Theo Epstein is leaving the Cubs, has left the Cubs. Maybe he wants to try his head at politics. He wants to take a, a year away, whatever it might be. Sandy Alderson runs the Mets as the general manager day-to-day the whole thing for a year and then you know let Theo 
find out what the rest of the world is like and say, you know what, the baseball thing wasn't so bad. And then you bring him in, you know, right under Sandy in charge of all the baseball decisions that that get made and give him like 1% of the team. So he has like a little ownership stake. Is that is that realistic, Tim? Can we make that happen? I, I think Theo's dreaming bigger. You know, it's it's. I know Mets fans probably don't view it this way, but, you know, you go from breaking the curse, the 86-year curse of your hometown team like he did in Boston, breaking the uh, 108-year curse as he did in Chicago, breaking the 35-year the curse of the Mets doesn't quite, you know, that's not the progression you're looking for. So I, I think his ambition is is beyond running just baseball ops for a team, uh, certainly not to be hired underneath a Sandy Alderson uh, the way it would be currently with the way the Mets front office is set up. So I, I think it is kind of uh, being the Derek Jeter part of an ownership group the way Jeter is in Miami. You know, he doesn't have the money to put in. Uh, he doesn't have Steve Cohen money, obviously, to buy the team on his own. But to be part of that, a group like that and to kind of set the agenda for the franchise as a whole and the organization as a whole uh, is probably what he's looking at more so than, than kind of being given a small cut here on the side and, and, and you figure out what players we should have. So what do you... What do we need to know about the Mets GM search? Are, are we you know, at a point where you say, this is a hot name to really watch right now? Or are we still, is it still just kind of uh, a bunch of options out there? Yeah, you know, MLB.com, John Morosi has, has talked about Mike Chernoff. Uh, Chernoff was always going to make a fair amount of sense here because he is, first of all, a general manager. So hiring him as the president of baseball ops would be a promotion. Uh, it would be difficult for Cleveland to deny permission to interview him since it is a promotion. Uh, Morosi also reported, you know, the Brewers turned down uh, the Mets request to interview David Stearns. You know, the whole reason this position of president of baseball ops exists uh, is basically to lure away other teams' GMs. Those other teams have gotten smart. They've named their GMs their own president of baseball ops. So that you know that's why Stearns is a as a president in Milwaukee. So another team couldn't offer him that job elsewhere. So I think you're looking at guys who are GMs elsewhere, and Chernoff makes a lot of sense there uh, as a guy you can elevate to to PBO, POBO, however we want to. President of baseball ops takes way too long to say. <laughs> uh, it's not like GM. That's my that's my main quarrel with uh, with the position. Um, to hire there, uh, and then you fill in beneath that. Um, you know, there's still uh, Sandy's connections in Oakland. Uh, a guy like David Forst uh, is the GM there, so there is that that chance moving forward. And, and he might be someone uh, who who's willing to. You know, the, the A's are undergoing a lot of transition there potentially with Billy Bean moving on. Uh, so that might be a a chance to strike uh, in an organization with people very familiar with Sandy Alderson over time. I will say I do enjoy uh, Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark's story comparing the Mets and Phillies GM job and how much more attractive the Mets job is within the game and at this very moment. But uh, yeah, it seems like a giant awakening with the New York Mets and now more of that payroll flexibility. Uh, and <laughs> they seem to already have plenty of it, but with Robinson Cano suspended for the entirety of the 2021 season. Uh, we appreciate you joining our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics' new headline section for much more on this story. And for more on the Mets, check out the Metrospective podcast to get all access to all of the Athletics' great sports content. Visit theathletic.com slash headline pod where you can join for just $1 per week. Bye, Tim. Adios, Pete.